the podcast, the pod, the podcast. (laughs) Ah, yes. The Rock is set to make his Impact Wrestling debut this October. Ahead of his induction into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame, Ken Shamrock, the first ever world champion in Impact NWA slash TNA championship, of course, asked Dwayne Johnson to be the one to induct him to the quickly becoming very legitimate Impact Hall of Fame. Because The Rock is The Rock, and due to extremely entertaining yet underrated feud matches those two have had together holy shit <laughs> Woo. albeit those matches were in the wwf he of course agreed and he will be inducting ken shamrock into the impact hall of fame it's unprecedented Yeah, I'm surprising that Vince allowed it, to be honest. Like, that's... Yeah, but people like that are... Great. I suppose, but Cena's graduated from the WWE program, and WWE gets cuts of everything Cena does because they own his name. Uh Yeah. It makes it so much better that they're only really inducting one person a year, too. And not every year. Yeah. Lots up as an ounce. Yeah. How cool would it be if, if during this The Rock signs a contract with Impact? That would be nuts, So, Of course, then we wouldn't get Roman versus The Rock at WrestleMania.
Richards Michaels defeated Rock and Rebel via disqualification. Ian and Axel Rotten defeated Don E. Allen and Chad Austin. Don Morocco, the original The Rock, and Jimmy Superfly Snooker defeated The Public Enemy. Sabu defeated Shane Douglas to win his first ECW Heavyweight Championship. Jimmy Snooker defeated Chad Austin. Kevin Sullivan defeated Abdullah the Butcher in a steel cage match. And in the main event, the Public Enemy defeated Ian and Axel Rotten and Bad Company in a three-way steel cage match. Woo! Ow! Man, Tommy Dreamer's debut. This is like a national holiday for Pasty here. I know, right? Ah, You've been dreaming of this. My boy. My favorite. ECW legend right there. Way back yeah. in 93. How old were you in 93, too? <laughs> Five. Five? Five. Five, yeah. What a world. Crazy, crazy times. And he's still wrestling to this day. How many of them? Are still active. See the- How many of them are still even alive? Basically? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Oh, uh, let's see. Sandman, not really regularly. Taz, not at all. Kevin Sullivan, no. Shane Douglas, not regularly. There's only one public enemy left. He isn't. Pat Tanaka, Paul Diamond, no. Only one rotten left. He's not. The Rock, I don't think, is alive anymore. Jimmy Snuka is dead. Abdullah the Butcher isn't wrestling. I don't know who Chad Austin is. <laughs> so probably, yeah, just Tommy Dreamer. There you go. There you go. Crazy, crazy old bastard. Like you said, still to this day, he's actually got a pay-per-view match coming up this weekend. Yes. Holy crap. You know what? Uh, Due to the holiday that it is, I'm picking him to win his match. Oh, I'm saying that right here at the top of the show. And you rarely ever pick Dreamer. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you Uh, something, though, Pacey, that I couldn't have picked was that we'd get two classic matches at this WWE B-show called Clash of Champions 2020. I I did not expect what I got. I only watched those two matches. (laughs) Then you got what you paid for, man. I mean, that's really all you needed. That's all you needed. That's all I would have even, if I were you, that's all I would have asked for. That's that's all I did ask for. Oh, wow. That was pretty (laughs) awesome. So, Pasty, we started out with the uh, pre-show SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Cesaro and Shinsuke defeated Lucha House Party to retain their titles. Didn't watch. You mean WWE didn't put the titles on Lucha House Party on a pre-show? Who'd have thought? What are they thinking? I, I They're thinking they're not going to be doing good Lucha things. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> ah, but then we got right into the meat and bones of the night. I'm sure their meat and bones are hurting after this match. Of course, that's the Intercontinental Championship three-way ladder match. Seeing my boy Sami Zayn defeating both Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles with his mind. Ooh. And hey, we even said last week this is the one that should open the show, and by gum, they, they listened to us, Pasty. They did. 
They did. I'm proud of them. It's about time. I don't care if you listen to your fans. Just listen to Beef Sticks Podcast. Right. We're not even your fans. No. no we, <laughs> we, we, we kind of strongly dislike the product right now. Oh, so what do you have to say about this one? Uh, actually, I... Go. Well, you said actually. You can't, you can't actually... Go. I can actually a lot of shit. You'd be surprised. <laughs> no, I thought this was um, this was this was a good match. I feel like I feel like we've seen at least these three men in the same like Money in the Bank match pretty recently. But this wasn't that. This I don't think you could really compare this to really any other ladder matches. There's lots of innovation, lots of things I don't believe I've seen before, at least in a WWE bubble. And and Sami Zayn with the handcuffs is just a damn rat bastard genius. And I loved it. I loved it. I actually wrote a lot of my notes, but, you know, wasn't the best ladder match of all time by no means, but it's definitely a match of the year contender, I think. I mean, it, it, this could easily be a match of the year. All three competitors easily gave 100% to make this a show-stealing performance. The fact that they were on a B pay-per-view in front of no audience, they wrestled like they were in the main event of WrestleMania. Each one of them, you know. Hardy really surprised me. I said last week, I thought, you know, he'd maybe be a little reserved. No, he was his classic risk-taking self. Maybe maybe got a little slower to get up from them, but he gave us more moments that are going to go into his highlight reel when he gets inducted in the Hall of Fame, and we know he will. Um, and I, like you, Pasty, there was a lot of creative spots. A um, couple things I loved. I always love seeing an exploder suplex onto the ladder. Zane hit one of them. We've seen oh, him before, but it, it always makes me cringe. It just looks like <laughs> yeah. it hurts. Yeah. Um, one, of the, uh, one, one thing I don't remember really seeing before is when uh, Zane was, was alone in the ring and he's climbing up the ladder and outside on, on outside of the ring – Styles throws another ladder at him like a daygum javelin and knocked him off the ladder. I thought that was awesome. Um, but how could he possibly throw such a heavy steel ladder? <laughs> Jeff Hardy tried. Uh, oh, oh, the the good part was uh, when uh, um, Jeff was climbing up the ladder and he just about had the titles and Sami Zayn tipped the ladder over or started to, but Jeff Hardy started climbing down the other end, like upside, upside down. down. And then they tossed it over. Yeah. And then they tossed it over the corner and Ooh, he took a very bad fall. Not, uh, not as bad as his brother. Definitely. No, but one of the more innovative <laughs> bumps that we've, we've seen for a while. Yeah. And, um, and that brings to point that this match had a lot of bad falls that didn't fall the way they should have and really looked like they hurt. But, um, yeah, we got to see the classic Swanton from on top of a giant ladder through another ladder. Hardy hit that onto Zane. And then the, the handcuffs, as you said, pasty Zane took the handcuffs off. He put one end to the ladder and the other through Jeff Hardy's gauge hole <laughs> to try to keep him down. Then he handcuffed himself to AJ Styles. And when uh, Styles ended up, knocking him out and started to climb the ladder with Zane on top of him. Zane unlocked the, the handcuff because of course he has a key of course. and handcuffed Hardy to the, one of the bottom rungs. So Hardy couldn't get up. Styles. Or not Hardy. Uh, Styles. Yeah. Styles to the bottom <laughs> rung. He couldn't get up. 
Hardy couldn't climb because he had a fucking ladder attached to his earlobe. So Zayn just waltzed right up there and got them both. And it just, it, it was a fantastic, brutal match. And it showed Zayn as a conniving jerk who's willing to do anything. That's so good. And the only knock I have at the very end here was that there were quite a few botches that looked like they could have ended up causing serious injury. But they didn't. But and, they uh, didn't. Was... And in my opinion, I think that makes the match all the much better. It's supposed to look like it hurts, right? Yeah, but I don't want it to actually hurt. You know. What but I'm... it didn't actually hurt. At <laughs> least I'm not pretty that sure bad. it hurt. <laughs> it didn't hurt me. Uh, but I gave this one an A plus. I, I I debated with all the with all of the uh, botches, but I was like, they were botch landings. Like nothing was really botched, but the landings were and. Yeah, you know, I couldn't take a I couldn't take a better fall off of a ladder. I can promise you that. <laughs> so, did you quit a job because of that? I did. <laughs> so um, yeah, I gave it an A plus. Fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we moved on, pasty, to the Raw Women's Championship, where we seen Oscar successfully defend her title against Zelina Vega with an Oscar lock. I, I liked this. It was a good performance from both of them, but it felt kind of rushed, and it kind of ended before it really got going full speed, I think. And to be fair, nobody was going to be able to follow that ladder match. Yeah. But I still, this clocked in at 7.05, and I still would have rather seen this go to like 10, 12 minutes. But I will say, Zelina Vega showed glimpses of what she is capable of in the ring, and I think she is going to end up surprising a lot of people who are not familiar with her if WWE lets her because she's super talented. She's a high flyer. And if all is right in the world with two women's belts, she should definitely have one of the women's titles one day. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this one was good. I gave I it a B minus. She's it definitely like better, your but... AJ Lee caliber. And she played AJ Lee in that movie. So that's funny. Fighting right. Family. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I sometimes I'll watch her and Alistair Black's workout videos because they got their gym in their garage and they post them on YouTube or whatever. Right. They're badasses. Legit badasses. And and I, I think there's there's a lot of hope for Zelina in WWE. Probably more outside of WWE, but uh Yeah, it depends on what WWE lets you. I mean they're do. they're turning her man into solid snake for Halloween, so I don't know if you saw that. But he's got like this bandage over his eye because they haven't done that in wrestling enough this year. Nobody took his no, eye I out either. He just that. came out with it. Like, oh my gosh! Wrapped around his head like Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Fucking yeah, we have had enough of that. <clears throat> yes, what we haven't had enough of is Bobby Lashley as your United States champion. And this was cemented at the Clash of Champions as he defeated Apollo Crews by submission. The Hurt Lock. I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, I, I apparently did. Because <laughs> I knew that somehow. I didn't uh, watch it. I had no need or want to watch it. And from everything I've read... Uh, wasn't much that I missed, so my son didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to watch it. That's all I got to say about that. 
So I guess that brings us to Raw Tag Team Championships. Woo! Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford defended their championships successfully as the Street Profits went over Andrade and Angel Garza. For about the 34 millionth time. Yeah. Yeah, we're really going nowhere. We've seen these two fights so much that it just isn't anything new. God, isn't um, it? It makes you happy you don't watch Raw or SmackDown, right? Because then you don't got to see it all the time that happens there. <laughs> right, right. I've seen it enough just from the pay-per-views. Vince and, is like, uh, this is my tag team division now. <laughs> I will say, though, what one good thing was they have really good chemistry at this point. They have great chemistry. Yeah. All four of them, they work well together and everything. But... Uh, and this right about the time Andrade and Angel Garza get their shit together, they're going to split up. Well, and you know, this maybe could have been the best match that these four had together, but then the finish came, which we'll, we'll get into all of that later, but there was an abrupt finish that really robbed us of what I would assume was a better planned finish. But the worst part of that, not only did it shit the, the match, but I have a feeling it's going to be an excuse for WWE to keep this feud going on, which I don't want or need <laughs> at all. A hundred more years, Morty. <laughs> I gave it a C plus because, I mean, what we got wasn't bad, but. Hey, I love some Street Profits. Don't get me wrong. Good. I love Andrade and Angel Garza, too, but they just they, they, they don't accomplish anything. So I don't see the they point. Don't. And that's not their fault. That's WWE's fault. And they really just, this feud should be over at this point. They've proven time and again that they can't beat the Street Profits. But like I said, with that funky finish, I'm pretty sure they still got a handful of matches left yet. (laughs) Taking it to Mania. (laughs) They will, too. Oh, boy. And then we had the SmackDown Women's Championship match, seeing Asuka defeat Bailey by disqualification. Asuka had two matches? Asuka had two matches. Again, that's crazy. Yep. Um, um, Nikki Cross wasn't able to make it for reasons we'll get into later. And Bailey said... Um, I, you know, anybody come out here and I'll take anybody. I'm not scared of anybody. And she said, ref, announce me the winner. And right before the referee could raise her hand, Asuka came out. And You know, it, I love Asuka. I love Bailey. The, them two have great matches together. But for me, it's like if you're going to have a replacement for Cross, why couldn't you have done like a Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss? Yeah, why Selena wouldn't it be Baker? Sasha Banks? Right, you know what your next pay per view is, right? Hell in a Cell. Well, it, and and it could have been Sasha Banks, but I have a feeling because I think the ending went the way they they wanted to with the interference from Sasha Banks. That I I can kind of see maybe that I would have loved to see Zelina Vega come back. You know what I mean? And have yeah. her just Lose like two hey, matches let's, in a night. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's <laughs> do it again. I'm ready. She didn't even she wouldn't even have to win, but just like yeah. hey. I'm ready. Do it again. But whatever. Um, you know, it was cool to see Asuka look really good two times in one night again. I mean, if she, any woman on the roster can do it, she definitely can do it. Charlotte Flair can do it. She can. Not as well, but she can. But in the end, if it's just going to be a DQ, just let somebody else do it. Help them help build somebody else. Give another woman a pay-per-view payday for, for heck's sake. 
But Banks's return was was kind of the most entertaining part. That, that post match attack really, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great, and you could tell that was supposed to be part of the the cross match. But I give this one a C plus. Also, it wasn't. It should have been so much better, and it was only three minutes forty five seconds. Yeah. So it just wasn't. They gave the women a whole ten minutes on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. How do you like that? Uh, Two matches and they get ten minutes. <clears throat> of course, then we have Fat Mac's favorite match. Of course. The ambulance match. Wee-oo, For the WWE Championship, seeing Drew McIntyre defeating Randy Orton with a little help from any legend Vince could call in that night. <laughs> yeah. Can we say overbooked, pasty? Because <laughs> this was fucking over. I didn't. I didn't watch this one. I just skipped to the end to see who won, and I saw Shawn Michaels kicking Orton off the top of the ambulance. I'm like, oh, <laughs> why is Shawn here? <laughs> is DX back? It was not a good match. <laughs> It's just uh, Vince and saying you can't trust so McIntyre to carry the company, right? Because he's got to have I, a dozen I legends. So. I think so. Uh, that's that's that's. I even have that in my notes. I, I said all the interference makes Galloway appear like he needed help to win, and it, it hurt him. It hurt him. And and both of these guys can have brutal matches, so I. I, I'm surprised they didn't kind of elevate this match more than what it could be. Ambulance matches are hard to do. I mentioned that last last week. I don't know if I've ever seen an ambulance match I really enjoyed or was really entertained by, but they just made it worse than it needed to be. It was not good. It was not pretty, not fun. Kicking the ambulance door off was kind of cool, but you know that that's gimmicked, so they didn't actually accomplish that. <laughs> right. Uh <laughs> I gave it a D plus. So who that... were the legends? It was it was Ric Flair, Christian, oh, Big Show, Shawn Michaels, and and that was it. Or was there one more? I can't think of anybody else. But it was I enough to play Christian. poker. I forgot about Christian also. Because <laughs> um, I know on Raw, Randy Orton was dressed as a janitor with a baseball bat, and then he put on some. Like redneck ski goggles, but they called them night vision goggles. Oh my and he gosh, went into a room where all the legends were playing poker and shut the lights off and beat them all up and then walked out. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. That's awful. Really? Yeah, it is. Yep. That that really that happened. It is. Uh, that's no good. Uh, mm. um, yeah, that was everybody. Christian Big. Show Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair. Yeah. See, they could give all them guys pay per view paydays, but they couldn't give another woman a pay per view payday. Right. <sighs> and they probably only paid Oscar once. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything more to say about this, do you? <laughs> no, because I didn't watch it. Okay, well, then we're moving on to the Universal Championship match, the main event Roman Reigns. Defending his championship against his cousin, Jey Uso. 
And uh, Roman Reigns won by Jimmy Uso throwing in the towel. Jimmy Uso wasn't in the match. He wasn't ringside. He wasn't a second. He wasn't a valet. He wasn't a manager. He's not even cleared to be wrestling, he, uh, so he shouldn't have been there. Yeah. COVID. I, the ending's odd, but if you can just, if you can forget about the ending. Oh, man. This, you know, this match was designed to tell a story. And, man, I love story matches, and, and I've never really gotten a good one from Reigns. But this one told a story through and through. You can show somebody this match who never heard of Roman Reigns, never heard of Jey Uso, doesn't watch wrestling, and they could tell you what the story is, and they would be invested in it. Well, it's easy to tell you what the story is when Roman has a six-page scripted promo he has to cut during the duration of the match. Which is my you know, one complaint about the whole thing is it's too much talking and not enough kicking ass. But, but see, it was I, good. I, I, I I'll say it was all good. It was just too much talking. I don't think – I think it was the perfect amount of talking. He, you know, he he didn't really – I mean, all he was doing was basically every time he's like, you know, I'm not – tell me I'm the high chief. Tell me I get the spot at the head of the table. Like he's really pushing this like I'm, I'm the – I am the, the Samoan. Which you know is building to what may or may not be a rock match at Mania. It'll They're be Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is the most like this wasn't like suffering succotash reigns, and this wasn't like big dog my yard reigns. Like I, I felt him. I believed it. He looked mad. He looked evil. He looked like he wanted to do it. This is the reigns I've been begging for at least, and I think it yeah. helps sell him a hundred percent. I do give him that. Cheated with the low blow. That was perfect. It establishes that the title means more to Reigns than even his family and that he's willing to put his pride aside to win, which is something, you know, he'd never do in the past. So, I, I don't know. I think this was better than anyone ever could have predicted. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. It even boiled down to Paul Heyman wanted him to stop and just win the match. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the ending was, was shitty, and I'll give it that. But... I did say I, I, in my notes, I said, although I didn't care for how the match ended, it helped progress the story. So with that, I'm not knocking any points off of my score. Pasty, I gave this an A+. I think this was the first time and maybe the only time ever Roman Reigns is getting an A-plus from old Fat Mac over here. But this match got an A-plus from me. I loved it. Yeah, I wouldn't go any lower than probably a solid A on this match. It did, it did convey all the emotions I would expect wrestling especially on like a ww and i'll say wwf caliber right you know it, it was it felt real it felt like a family vendetta it felt like you know all this childhood rivalry built up and even though this has never been a story in wwe really until now it works right. well and it makes roman into the heel he needs to be you know he's even out of Heyman's control yeah as only Brock Lesnar has done in the past. <laughs> and, um, and, and and I do see where you, you know, I can see where it, it was too much talking for some. I don't agree. He did say the same it, things over and over again a lot. It was. It, he did. You're right. He could have, if he was a better, if he was the rock, he could have said better stuff. I agree mm -hmm. with you. But it, it did drive home the point. And so, you know, you could easily make this an A match. And um, the best part was maybe... definitely when he like picked up Jimmy's face and the camera was in the corner, and they're looking directly at the camera, and Reigns is like, that's my camera. This is my oh, wrestling yeah. ring. This is my WWE. That was, yeah. That was, that was 100 really the best, for sure. 
Throwing in the towel was stupid, though, so, and you know WWE for a company who doesn't care what their competition is doing, we've definitely called them out on stealing AEW spots quite a yeah. bit, especially in the last few weeks. So it's like, uh, that that bothers me a little bit. But that's the finish, and that doesn't. It's not the match. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and sometimes a f- just just a bad finish can really ruin a really good match, but. I don't think it did because... I wouldn't call it a bad finish, though, because it was starting to get uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I still think it was a bad finish, but I think it it progressed the storyline, so it at least had a purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. So are we going to get C-Rain destroy both of them at the next pay-per-view? I hope not. I hope not, but it may be. I just feel like it has to it has to go to some point to get the rock to come, right? Cuz the rock's not going to come for what just happened. That's not enough. It has to be more extreme. Reigns has to go out of control. Right, right. Some yeah, something's got to happen to where the rock feels the need to return to WWE and Yeah, I I agree with that. <laughs> I don't know what it would be, but but I agree. Yeah. <laughs> what if the Rock's music plays and then it's Brock who comes out? <laughs> that would be awesome, too, to be honest. <laughs> that would be fantastic. It would be really good. Oh, so I gave this a B minus, Pasty. Um, what do you have to say? Well, I'm just going to let your grade stick it because I can't really say. <laughs> out of the two matches I watched, it was a really good show. But yeah, that's that's just like that's getting the best, you know, not getting anything bad in between. Yeah. So yeah, I, I hear you. I'm glad the um, two matches I chose to watch were the ones that I needed to. <laughs> oh, you yeah, you definitely picked the right ones. And um, what would you uh, out of the two matches you watched, what do you think was the best match? Um, probably the latter match. Sami Zayn, man. I I agree. I agree. The ladder match, honestly. The the Roman Reigns, it wasn't bad. Like like I said, don't get me wrong, but I didn't have to complain about too much talking in the ladder match. Exactly. Yeah. When my, I didn't when have to complain own... about a, a towel being thrown in either. Yeah. The only complaints I had was that the landings were awkward, and like you said, I mean that that does help sell it, and and it. Yeah, I, 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 that's one of the best ladder matches we've seen in quite some time. I'm definitely not the best ever, but quite some time. So we'll say good. I'll say good. Yeah. And Pasty, you won this one. Five I to did. three. Five to three. A landslide victory. I wouldn't call it a landslide. I demolished Fat Man. <laughs> to be fair... Left. The the only two that we did that we disagreed on, you did win. So if we're, if we're just going by ones that that we had different answers, you did one hundred percent beat me. So I'll give you that one for sure. Oh, uh, well, Pasty, I guess that brings us on to something this that's not a shortage. Savage Sentinel. Yes. Michael Elgin posted on his Twitter revealing that he is checking himself into rehab for painkiller addiction. 
after dealing with a number of injuries and other issues that built up over several years. Elgin tweeted, All my career, even prior to starting my journey, my main goal was to wrestle in Japan. I refused to give up on my dream and didn't take any time off. But at times, the pain was unbearable, so I took painkillers to get me through. Pride and silliness got in the way, and I continued down this path. Over the years, I had to deal with many other issues. I chose to self-medicate. I try not to talk about these struggles because in my head, I was supposed to show toughness and show my grit. I'm glad he's seeking help. Yeah, same here, for sure. (laughs) I just hope he's not going to use this to try to, you know, he was one of those Me Too guys that got called out. Don't know if he did it or not. He's never been convicted, but you just don't want it to be one of those things like, oh, it was my addiction that made me do it. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh... (laughs) What was it? Was it the the Roseanne Barr defense? There her go. sleeping pills made her do it. <laughs> sure they did. Oh, pasty! Some news. Uh, some some business news here in a filing that has been published. It's revealed that Stephanie McMahon Levesque sold fifty seven thousand five hundred and seventy three shares at an average share price of. in September 21st, 2020 of WWE stock. So in monetary terms, Stephanie sold $2,255,710 worth of her WWE shares. Now, the 57-plus shares sold by Stephanie McMahon amounts to roughly 43% of her Class A WWE stock. However... This amounts only to 3% of her total WWE stock, which predominantly is made up of Class B stock. Stephanie McMahon still owns 1,885,387 shares, worth a market value close to $73.9 million. So she's still heavily invested. In fact, she remains the second largest non-institutional shareholder in, in WWE behind her father, the chairman Vince McMahon. So it, it kind of start seemed, a women's basketball association, right? Right. It seems the like XBA. she sold a big chunk of stock, but in reality, she really probably just pulled something out to maybe invest in a new house or do something. I mean, she really didn't take a lot of, it's a lot for me or you, but in terms of uh, what, in terms of 73 million, taking out 2 million isn't really anything. Well, you got to also look at it because I'm pretty sure we reported recently about Triple H selling stock recently. Yep. So that it's pooled together, you know, they're 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 looking to invest in something. Probably just their family. They're you know, I don't see. Know. I got this. I have had this vibe this whole time. Like they're gonna try to like separate X or um um NXT from WWE, but no, probably won't happen. No. I don't know. You'd probably need more than two million to do that, also. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like know. I said, if if Hunter sold his shares too. Right. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, if WWE is, you know, we haven't heard talks about it lately, but that's probably due to all the COVID crap. But you know, Vince was shopping around. He wasn't necessarily looking to sell, but he was taking offers. It's like if Vince sells WWE, I could see Triple H just letting, you know, just being like, sell WWE but I'm keeping NXT. I'm buying NXT, and it's now going to be NXT. 
not um, WWE NXT. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. This could also be one of those, like, business loophole things, too, because she sold her stock when it's at one of the lowest prices it's been ever. And so that would, in turn, cause a frenzy of potentially buying and selling, which would generate right. more stock interest in the company. It could, know. yeah. I don't know because I've never had that much stock or money. So, <laughs> But I hear, yeah, that, that definitely could. We'll, we'll we'll have to keep up to date on this. Like you said, we talked about Triple H and now this. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll be keeping an eye on things, folks. Yeah. Man, the only stock I have is chicken. <laughs> it's good stock. <laughs> Wrestling Inc. has provided an update on the story involving WWE talent and their third-party accounts on Twitch and other social media sites. The initial edict laid out in September told talent that they could no longer engage with third-party services online. Public backlash seemingly forced the company's hand, and they declared talent could keep their accounts as long as they used their real names instead of stage names and informed WWE about them. In a new internal memo released to talent Thursday, WWE has informed its independent contractors that the company would be taking control of their Twitch accounts within four weeks' time. WWE will now own the accounts, and talent will receive an unspecified percentage of the revenue. This money will also count against their downside guarantees. Ouch. So now they're not making any money off of Twitch, if it's going against their downside guarantee anyways. Yeah, yeah. This is Vince saying, you're worth exactly this dollar amount, not a cent more. No matter what you do. How shitty. Uh, It's fucked up. It's evil. It's conniving. It's just despicable. And it's just I just bad wish business. there wasn't so much stuff out in the real world that I'm real mad about right now that I could be more mad about this stuff. <laughs> right. But this is really, this doesn't matter right now. It does. Yeah. It does. It, it does if it's wrong. you. If that was yeah. you, it would. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to feed your family, and then it makes a big difference. Man. It's just, it, it's funny because this seems to be aimed, you know, some of WWE's biggest stars use Twitch to their benefit or YouTube to their benefit. You know, Xavier Woods, AJ Styles. That's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I feel like you're risking losing them, right? But they're not the ones that's going to hurt. Xavier Woods and AJ Styles are making bank off of video game and and action figures and their various other side shit that they do the people that's hurting are the lower guys that are just doing you know a few twitch things and getting some bucks here and there who only show up on superstars and shit like that you know and don't get any pay-per-view paydays that's who it's hurting the guys who are still on 205 live like yep (laughs) who watches that (laughs) seriously that's why they got to get out on twitch listening to this podcast and you watch 205 live Hit us up on Twitter. Give us a Tweet. recap. Let us know At what happened. Beef Sticks CSB. Yeah. That's right. I'm plugging different social media this week. <laughs> well, Pasty, I have a question for you. What is better than filing two lawsuits? Uh, filing three lawsuits? 
Oh, man, and Joey Ryan has filed three lawsuits against women who have alleged that Ryan sexually assaulted them. The first Classy. one is... Very much. Well, he's, he's, to be fair, he's never been known for class. The first I always the, thought the mustache was pretty classy. Just... The first of the suits is a multi-million dollar lawsuit. This according to PW Insider. The second lawsuit was filed with the city of Los Angeles' Central Judicial District. And this suit names one woman and ten additional Jane Doe's yet to be named. Joey Ryan has requested damages for negligent infliction of emotional distress for libel against him and for compensatory cup. Comp- I've screwed this word Suppository. up. Times. Yeah. Compensatory damages, basically compensation against each defendant, including an amount in excess of 25,000 for economic damages and 25,000 for non-economic damages. How do you get money for something that's non-economic? That would be like that would be for the uh, emotional distress and stuff like that. Like something that something that you can't get back physically, you can charge. That that's what lawsuits are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody if somebody, you know, bashes in your car, they're not going to give you a windshield. They're going to give you X amount of money. Um, he's also requesting that the court rules for an injunction order to retract the defamatory statements and to take the defamatory statements down from the websites on which the statements were made and published. And once it's on the internet, it's there, buddy. Sorry. The lawsuit is 38 <laughs> think pages. think he would know that of all people. <laughs> I know, right? 38 pages the lawsuit is, at least according to PW Insider, and it features a lot of background material on Joey Ryan, on his wrestling character, and social media. In both lawsuits, the King of Dong style has requested a jury trial. I hope he refers to himself as that in the documentation. But wait, there's more. Just today, pasty, Friday the 2nd, Joey Ryan filed a third lawsuit, and this suit involves one accuser of Ryan's that is based in Canada. The name of the accuser is being redacted to protect their identity. This lawsuit features similar wording as the previous two. Ryan is seeking to recoup losses that he had incurred as a result of damage to his public reputation. In addition to being fired from Impact Wrestling, the the venue that hosted his bar wrestling also cut ties with him. Additionally, this suit specifically mentions Dolph Ziggler's brother, Ryan Nemeth's social media activity. His tweets are alleged to have, quote, encouraged violence to be committed on plaintiff, end quote. That, according to the documents filed. And in case you're wondering what that's about, uh, Ryan Nemeth tweeted a picture of a stick figure pissing on Joey Ryan with the caption, you need to just be thankful nobody beat your ass. Shut the fuck up and go hide in a basement for a few decades. Well, what's wrong with that? Nothing. I like how that, that's filed against a woman in Canada. But as far as I know, the Nemeths live in, like, Arizona. <laughs> right. That one, you can tell that he just tacked that one on. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the Canada one, for sure, he'd file a separate lawsuit because it's a different country, so he would have to. But, yeah, he, you know he just tacked on that Nemeth thing because he thought of it later and was like, oh, shit, let's throw this on there, too. This is just Joey Ryan's newest gimmick. I'm going to sue you. <laughs> Joey the Plaintiff Ryan. <laughs> uh, fun 
Yes. That's not the only lawsuit in the universe, Fat Mac. No way. <laughs> they get far more petty, too. <laughs> this is the stupidest story of the week. This probably should have been something in the title, I think, of the show. <laughs> Tattoo artist Catherine Alexander has filed a lawsuit against WWE and Take Two, the publisher of WWE's 2K series of video games. And not because they're pieces of shit that they pump out every year. <laughs> no. Alexander has done Randy Orton's ink since 2002 and claims she owns the copyrights to the, to the designs that were being used in the WWE video game. She accused WWE and 2K of copyright infringement because Orton's tattoos were being depicted in the games. It was reported in 2018 that Alexander raised the issue with WWE in 2009 and was offered just $450 for the rights to the designs, which is probably how much Orton paid for the tattoo. I was going to say, but that's pretty petty, though. I mean, if you're 2K and WWE and you're just going to offer her $450? No. When It's my opinion, when you get a tattoo, you're paying for art to be put onto your body, you own that art, not the person who did it. You're not, they're not painting it, you know what I mean? It's not to be replicated, it's done for one person in particular. They should you, own it. That's, that's see, my opinion. Though, it's not to be replicated, but then they're replicating it on, on this game. Yes, but that shouldn't be... That shouldn't, <laughs> well, the courts don't agree with you if you keep reading, Pasty. I, I, okay. <laughs> uh, she, of course, declined the $450 offer. Well, no shit. <laughs> That's just a fucking insult. WWE and 2K have tri- tried to have the lawsuit dismissed in the United States District Courts of Southern District of Illinois on August 7th due to the court not having jurisdiction on them. The Hollywood Reporter reports that an Illinois federal judge, Judge Stacy Yandel, handed Alexander a partial summary judgment this past Saturday by determining WWE and Take-Two had indeed copied her work for Orton. So shouldn't she get rights every time he's on TV? Um, theoretically, she could. This is the mindfuck here. Like, so well, now- to be honest, though... Do- well, why don't we finish the story before we start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but even reading this I earlier, I was like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, now a jury will decide whether that falls into copyright infringement. The judge denied the defendant's own motion for a summary judgment by deciding that certain questions are triable. Those questions include whether Alexander impl- implied. Impliedly. Impliedly. Yes, that licensed Orton to disseminate and display the six tattoos that she inked for him. So that's your argument, is is basically what they're saying there. They're saying they got to decide whether when she tattooed him, she offered, you know, by tattooing him, she offered him to decide what to do with those tattoos or whether since she created it, she does. That's that's just fucked up. It's just so but if she, you get a tattoo, you're not entitled to any kind of fame because you're making money off of somebody else's art. Well, here's here to me, 
and I'm not a lawyer. Let's but talk about the all these rappers with tattoos on their faces for a second. Just okay. one second. How much money are they making off of their face tattoos? But are they making money off of that? <laughs> Is Randy Orton making money off of his tattoos? Well, here, here's if if you let me speak, pay, let me talk, pay, let me talk. Can, can you let me talk? Can you just let me talk? No. So here's the difference, though. When Randy Orton is on TV, Randy Orton is on TV. He's showing up on TV. What he has tattooed on him is on him. It just happens to be that way, right? Yeah. Okay. When they're making a game, they're choosing whether to copy something and put that on there and sell it. They, When Randy Orton comes out there, WWE isn't redoing the tattoo every time. They're not creating that tattoo every time he comes out. He just okay. has it on. When they put it in a video game, though, they are literally copying what she did and selling it literally i've got a rebuttal okay fortnite dances being sold fortnite didn't make those dances this has been through the courts correct and some people have won and some people have lost that's a split decision on that thing and that's neither here well that's also different but it is different She's got to understand they could probably only afford to give her $450 because of how much money 2K Games generates WWE in an annual year. I mean, basically, she isn't hoping to win. She's hoping to get a settlement larger than $450. We know that. It's just, Is it petty? It's, yes, it's, it's petty. Stupid. But does she have a legal Does she have a legal argument to at least try it? I now, so. now Vince McMahon's going to get a tattoo license, and he's going to tattoo all the superstars. <laughs> And then they can never wrestle for any other companies because he owns the rights to their their bodies. <laughs> All uh, right, let's that's... move on to more trademark news because we can't possibly have another tattoo <laughs> trademark deal coming up here. <laughs> Arn Anderson filed to trademark the phrase the four horsemen. A search of the US Patent Office database shows that Marty Lundy, which of course is Arn Anderson's legal name, filed the application just days ago on September twenty seventh. Four Horsemen trademark would be for usage in entertainment services, namely live appearances by a professional wrestling and sports entertainment personality and other similar services. So basically personal appearances, interviews, and whatnot. Yes. I think WWE still owns that trademark, so I'm assuming he's going to end up like Cody and not getting shit, but I'm not sure. I want to know what exactly they're going to do with it if he does get it. Because there's not four horsemen left on this earth. Well, he'll just he'll just use it for personal appearances, interviews, and whatnot. Maybe put out a DVD, write a book. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like it, it's meant to be used, and I wonder if they're gonna try to do something there with like what FTR and who else? Nobody. <laughs> I mean, the four horsemen. He... If he gets it, they'll probably try to do something like that. But uh, I'm assuming he's just getting it so that he can make money off of it himself because he can't right now. Yeah. But, um, I mean, hell, at least it isn't another fucking uh, tattoo fucking copyright thing. That'd be stupid. Yeah, I know. That would be so stupid. So let's move on, okay? okay. More tattoo copyright news. Oh, come on. <laughs> From Don't Call Me Ryan Reeves, Ryback. Because he isn't the only athlete who has made the Feed Me More slogan part of his persona. Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys has done the same. 
Hey, let's Elliot. be fair though. Nobody watches the Dallas Cowboys, so does that even really matter? <laughs> right. I, wait, they have a football team. I thought they were just cheerleaders. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Ezekiel's one of the cheerleaders, I think. Ah. Uh. Elliot even went as far as to tattoo the phrase feed me on his stomach and has plans to make it his trademark. So did he tattoo more down his weenie? Yeah, well, that would be cool if he did. <laughs> Makes me wonder, too, if, like, Audrey II is going to uh, sue him now, too, because, you know, um, Little Shop of Horrors, the, the Right, plant. yeah, that's exactly what Audrey I think. II. Feed me Feed on his me. stomach. Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not wrestling. Wait, has there ever been a sentient plant in wrestling besides Mitch, the potted plant? I was just Which gonna say really Mitch. Sick. Well, I suppose the uh, wasn't the the Christmas monster, the Christmas tree, or whatever he was. Oh yeah, can. <laughs> well, Ryback caught wind of Elliot's plans and got a hold of his attorney. As a result, he talked about Elliot trying to capitalize on a phrase that he made famous. Ryback TV shooting blanks. <laughs> Why do you want that? He talked about Elliot trying to capitalize on a phrase that made him famous on Ryback TV shooting blanks. His okay. TV, his, his, I just, his why would you YouTube want shooting, shooting blanks <laughs> his YouTube associated show. with your name? I, Ryback, he doesn't understand anything. Like I said, right before we started does. the show, Ryan Reeves is a great name. <laughs> yeah. Better <laughs> than Ryback. Yeah. Yeah, I think he just, I just don't think he understands in general. Like anything, he just doesn't understand. <sighs> yes. And it's being speculated he may, may be legally changing his name to Ryback, feed me more Ryback. I, I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay money to see him then. I'd pay money to see Ryback, feed me more Ryback. <laughs> He's got to name his children the same thing so we can have, like, Esquire in the third. <laughs> oh, I think that would be awesome. <sighs> Ryback, feed me more Ryback Esquire and his children. Ryback, feed me more Ryback Jr. Ryback, feed me more Ryback the third. Or it could just be like George Foreman where he doesn't even give them thirds or juniors or nothing. Just just all Ryback, feed me more Rybacks. <laughs> it could just be was, in different orders. Like, feed me more Ryback, feed me more. I always wondered how that worked in George Foreman's house. Fucking five George Foremans, and not a one of them's a junior or second or anything. Like, how the hell does that work? Oh, Probably just different tones for each individual. <laughs> <laughs> well, pasty another copyright news. WWE filed to trademark two ring names on Thursday, September 24th. Those names, of course, Chelsea Green and Dominic Mysterio. Why would they want to those- do that? I think those two are for obvious reasons, so I don't know how much we really need to get into them, but <laughs> they were there. It's a lot of copyright crap. Yes. And from copyrights to tattoos, back to The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has announced he has an upcoming NBC comedy series titled Young Rock, 
And it's going to save Peacock streaming service. And it'll follow young Sheldon immediately. <laughs> right. And, and uh, everybody hates Chris. Yeah. And then, and then uh, replays of young Indiana Jones. <laughs> and maybe the young and the restless. <laughs> and then, and then a Neil Young tribute concert. There you go. <laughs> Uh, the great one says the new show will be based around his wild and unpredictable childhood and formative years growing up. I read the rocks book. I'm excited for this show. (laughs) (laughs) Johnson shared the casting news in a series of Instagram posts on Wednesday, revealing the actors that have been selected to portray younger versions of himself and his family members on the NBC sitcom. Adrian has been given the role of 10-year-old little Dewey Johnson, a nickname given to Johnson by his godparents, while Bradley Constant has been tapped to play 15-year-old Johnson by his... Wait, no. Has been tapped to play 15-year-old Johnson. (laughs) 15-year-old Johnson. (laughs) That's what his family calls him when he's a teenager. He goes from being little Dewey to 15... What's up, 15-year-old Johnson? <laughs> the oh priest came up with that one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Got that at his, uh, at his uh, what do you call that, when, uh, when they go up there and, and take wafers. Yeah. There's something in, in priests where they do stuff. C- Catholicism, catechism, whatever it's called. <laughs> Cataclysm. Cataclysm. Climax. Finally. Marco Polar star Yuli Lakarufitu. Is that, become... is that Lakitu from Mario? Yeah. <laughs> That's that little cloud dude. <laughs> it's good that he's getting work outside of Nintendo. Good for him. It's not as good of a name as Adrian Groh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely not Cucumber. Cucumber, <laughs> the cucumber is badass. Cam and Seaman Canyon. Seaman Canyon, Cucumber, uh, and Lakitu. <laughs> That's that's a sitcom I want to watch. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Give me Call that it one, Yes, baby. man, and it's about the the board at WWE. There you go. Uh, yes, and he will be playing Johnson at 20 years old when he was playing football on a scholarship at the University of Miami. Also known as 20-year-old Johnson. <laughs> In addition to those casting choices, Johnson announced that Stacy Lilua will be playing his mother, Etta Johnson, a.k.a. Mama Rock, while Joseph Lee Anderson will take on the role of the star's late father, Rocky Johnson, a.k.a. the OG original Rock. Anna Tulisa rounds out the cast in the highly entertaining role of Johnson's grandmother, Laya Mayavi. Johnson noted that the first episode, which scheduled to premiere in January 2021, will be dedicated to his late father, who passed away earlier this year. I'm interested in this. I, the thing that the thing that catches my eye is it's got three different ages of him, so I'm guessing like it bounces around. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. It could. And, and 
don't know. I think it'll be good. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch the first few episodes. Give it a chance. At least check it out. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll do more than I did for Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I'm sorry. I didn't one. even. I didn't even. Well, it's called the Big Show Show. Right, yeah, we we that was enough right there. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The young young rock is a pretty stupid name, but I, I'm at least digging the description. Well, yeah, like and I said, and a, I probably wouldn't be nearly as sold on it if I didn't read his book when I was growing up. Right, and I'm always looking for a good. I'm always looking for a good sitcom. They're hard to find. There's so many dramas, and it's like hard to find a good sitcom. So, yeah, they come and they go, pasty. They come and they go. Which, uh, of course, uh, brings us to goings and comings. Yes. And uh, when we're talking about comings, we're talking about Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes going. Because they are no longer with Impact Wrestling. This according to a report from PW Insider. According to that report, Van Dam and Forbes left the company on good terms due to their current storylines ending. Nothing more, nothing less. Van Dam had reportedly not been under contract with Impact for a while now and had just been working on a series of short-term agreements. Van Dam had returned to Impact in early 2019, and in a recent interview with Pro Wrestling Junkies, Van Dam revealed that he is working with WWE on a couple of projects that haven't been made public yet. So not necessarily in-ring, but projects could be interesting. He's the one who came up with Raw Underground. (laughs) <laughs> I hope like hell not. <laughs> but I think it's good. It's good that he left on good terms. And, you know, he's a, he's a veteran and he's making room for the younger guys. And um, Katie Forbes, nobody's going to miss her. I hate to no. say it, but she's just no. not a good. I feel like she's veteran. dragging him down and he's at like a lifetime slump. Like a midlife crisis. Yeah, like it's just, just, it's not a good look. I haven't been into RVD like his entire time he's been back with Impact. Like none of it did anything for me. Um, I mean, his matches have been good, but his promos have just been this whole. It's hard um, to look past the promos, I think. It is. It is. It just just makes me, I just don't care. Like it's. He brought the T and he brought the TNA back into Impact. So you're an old ass man who used to wrestle pretty well, who has what you consider to be a young, hot girlfriend. (laughs) And she happens to have a young, hot girlfriend. Yeah. 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 We don't care. It's been done. Yeah. (sighs) Ooh. Matt Cordona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, says he's no longer under contract with All Elite Wrestling, the wrestler on Pro Wrestling Junkies show this week, to discuss his brief run with the company. Cordona was released from WWE back in April. He began a short run for AEW on July 29th episode of Dynamite. This came after the expiration of his 90-day non-compete clause. Cordona was working under a limited appearance deal. He fulfilled the agreement after AEW's all-out pay-per-view and is now a free agent once again. He may continue to wrestle for AEW or elsewhere, or perhaps do both, as some wrestlers are continuing to do. I think he's staying with AEW. Him and Cody are good friends. I don't see why he would go anywhere else. This is just a way to kind of swerve it and maybe bring him back with some kind of a character. Right. Because he doesn't have much of a character coming in. The only the only thing I'd think maybe not is because they do have so many people right now and they're not making money that maybe it's a cost cutting thing. But then 
you know, like next year or something, they'd bring them back. I don't know. But he'll do good wherever he goes. Yeah. I could see him doing some impact stuff. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see him do some New Japan stuff. That would be fun. I want to see if he can work on that caliber. But I just want to see him work outside of WWE, and he really hasn't had a singles match in AEW. No, they really so didn't that, do much. That's where them. I'm like, he can't possibly be done there yet, right? Because he hasn't done a damn thing. Yeah. It is, a, it is a stacked roster at this time, though, you know. It is. It is. That's kind. Of, that was kind of his problem in WWE also. He's kind of run into that same thing in <laughs> AEW where it's like, Dude. there's so many big names and there's so many mid-card names that it's hard for him to stand out, really. Cody versus Brody Lee in that dog collar match is going to be awesome. It's going to be, I would say, off the chain, but it's going to be on the chain. It's going to be on the chain. (laughs) I'm so... I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah, We can only only expect buckets of blood, am I right? (laughs) I mean, come on. on. He dyed his hair black, though, so you'd think he was going to stop bleeding now, right? Because the blonde hair is there to make the blood look better. It is, but I, I still think... I'll tell you what, if he comes out with bleach blonde hair, we know what's going on. <laughs> That's It's like Balor's face paint, except he bleaches his hair when he knows he's going right. to bleed. He does, it, he does it for that match, and then next week it's all dark again. <laughs> next year he'll just have no hair left from bleaching it repeatedly. Right. Uh, oh, pasty, here's a name that I love hearing that we haven't heard for a while. The Pope yeah. D'Angelo De Niro is going to be making his NWA primetime live debut next Tuesday. Ow, ow. The match is De Niro and Watts versus NWA TV champion Zicky Dice and a mystery partner to be revealed. Ew, sounds like a fun one. I just love the Pope. Oh, yeah, yeah. I He's want one of those people. Actually, uh, no, actually, I think, John, just the recent. Was it the recent? Uh, anyways, in, in a very recent 83 Weeks podcast with Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff basically said he thinks the only reason that the Pope has never gotten bigger than he did is just because he's black. He said yeah. he can. He's he's amazing on the mic. Nobody can hold a candle to him on the mic. He's great in ring. He can wrestle. He can do high flying stuff. He looks like a million bucks. He's got charisma and personality. He's hardworking. He doesn't have drug issues. Like there's no reason that he's never been a top guy in any promotion. And the only thing that sets him apart from some of the other people is he's black. <laughs> I mean, I was a, it's like, wow, Eric Bischoff just laid it right out there. <laughs> but really, I mean, there's there's nothing Pope is missing. Maybe nowadays he's older, but back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It really is. I want to see him more than just NWA, though. I think he'll do good there, but fuck. I think Pope could do good in in AEW. I think he could. And it would be good for them to have, like, because he's an established name. He's I think just, most yeah. people know who he is, and it's not a WWE guy. Well, so, sort of, but I mean, I mean most of the uh, accolades. Everybody and knows him. 
Yeah, nobody knows knows Elijah Burke's crap. Everybody knows yeah. D'Angelo De Niro's. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing him return to Impact for a while either. Yeah. Uh. Ah. Ah. According to reports from PW Insider, Peter Allen Gruner Jr. That's a hell of a name. Better known as Billy Kidman. That's why he goes by Billy Kidman. (laughs) (laughs) Returned to work during the tapings for last week's Friday Night Smackdown. And he is expected to continue working for the company in the coming weeks. The former cruiserweight champion was furloughed back in April by the promotion as part of their budget cuts. When the COVID-19 pandemic forced them to suspend their normal operations. Yes. So they're furloughs. That's just like their second string team now. And when people go out with COVID, they're just going to pull them back in. Probably, yeah. It's a rotating door of people who can get sick for Vince. (laughs) Yep. Billy Kidman, also known as the ultimate overachiever. How how that guy got a Tory Wilson is beyond anybody's comprehension. (laughs) Doesn't make sense, pasty. No. Well, something that also kind of struck people odd. Harold Meej, the president and CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling, will be departing the company next month. In a statement released by New Japan, it was revealed that Takami Obari, who is is presently CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling America, will take over from Meij as the new president and CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling beginning October 23rd. Mage, who was appointed president of New Japan back in May of just 2018, wrote a blog on New Japan Pro Wrestling's website and apologized to fans for resigning during the ongoing G1 Climax 30 event. He reached his climax too soon. I think so. <laughs> One suspected reason for his departure is that Mage had, intention- had initially promised $200 million in revenue for New Japan but what with the pandemic hitting, that obviously was a much tougher task for anyone to achieve. And even without the pandemic, New Japan would have needed monster television deals and bigger expansion into the U.S. to hit those numbers. Mage was probably he somewhat hands- promised them 200 million yen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Mage was probably somewhat that. hands off with the New Japan expanding in America, as that was the focus of Obari. Another reported reason for the change was losing the TV deal in the States. New Japan had previously appeared regularly on Access TV since the end of last year. They had decided to work with, if they had decided to work with Impact Wrestling, whose parent company Anthem purchased majority interest in the channel, then New Japan Pro Wrestling would likely have stayed on Access TV. Harold Mage had previously served as vice president of Coca-Cola Japan. So that's a really quick turnaround for a president and CEO. That's just two years. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> Why couldn't we get rid of ours that fast? What? Right? <laughs> ah. Um. Yeah. No. That's that's uh. It's it's very interesting, especially like the pandemic. You can't really hold that against anybody, right? You know, you shouldn't. No. And but he also, I, I throughout this week, I had heard that he undersold shows in the States to where they didn't book venues with enough seats or ticket capacity. Right. 
And so he cost them money just by underestimating. I'm assuming a senior VP of Coca-Cola Japan is probably not a wrestling fan and doesn't know how to run a wrestling company. Yeah, but you know, I I don't know how much he undersold, but if you listen to most of the bookers, and I'll, I'll throw at least Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff's names out there as people I've heard say this directly from their mouths, you'd rather have a full venue and turn fans away than to have, you'd rather have a full venue of 2,000 people and turn 1,000 away than to have a venue of 3,000 people but have 2,000 empty seats. Because not, not only does it look bad, but you're spending more on a venue that has more seats and you're probably not going to make up that difference in tickets. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how much he undersold them or not, but that seems to be a, a positive strategy to actually... You know, don't don't overbook yourself. I don't know. I've never booked. <laughs> I just know I have heard both of them say that, that they would prefer to turn people away and have a full thing than to not have a full thing at all and have everybody in there. Yeah. In other news... Tessa Blanchard took to Instagram recently to update her fans on why she has been away from the ring. I've been away for a while, she said. The main reason is to focus on my wedding and honeymoon. The past few months I've gotten back to the basics and been focusing on relationships I have with my family, friends, and myself. The point of this post is because I'm taking back control of my narrative. I've had people weigh in on what I should do. What I should say, what interview to do, where to go. Now I want to listen to what I want and what's in my heart. Oh boy. <laughs> Put that racist heart away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid. She's got the Did you hear that 2K used her likeness in the fucking new WWE Battlegrounds game? She was on a loading screen. Yeah, I did see that. It's uh, it's been removed by now, I believe, hasn't it? I, I believe so. I haven't yeah. really heard one way or another, but I'm assuming since I haven't, it has. Right. <laughs> I, I did read that report though. It's like, but they said it was what they think it was just like a filler, and then somehow it ended up not getting you know taken out. <laughs> Maybe before her, all of her shit, WWE had intentions on picking her up. <laughs> right. Put her in the game. Yeah, gotta have somebody dig into the code to find out. I'm, I'm, I'll probably look into that because I'm pretty interested to see. Well, Pasty, we got one more, and it's coming, and it's a big one. It's a big one to coming, Pasty. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling reports Georgia Championship Wrestling, a territory with a heritage that goes back to the orig- to the origins of wrestling on TBS is looking to make a full revival beginning with their event on October 3rd, tomorrow. That revival is capitalized. WWE owns that. They should watch out. (laughs) Chris Nelms, promoter for the Revived Territory, told Andrew that the goal for the revived GCW is to create a territory-style group where the promotion can work with four to five different promotions throughout Georgia under the Georgia Championship Wrestling banner. This would follow the creation of a Georgia championship, which would become the main championship in the state. 
Highlights from the show on October 3rd will be available on Facebook and YouTube, but the promotion is currently looking to secure an internet distribution deal or a local television agreement or both. Well, if they do that, then I'm going to open a promotion in Georgia and I'm going to have the Universal Georgia Championship, which, (laughs) according to my decree, will be the main championship in the state. (laughs) I'm excited for this. Georgia Championship Wrestling was awesome yes. back in the day. It's obviously not going to be anything like it was, but just a, another promotion no. growing is awesome. But would that not be a brilliant stop for FTR to make in their post-WWE career? Oh, too right. Yeah. Classic territory like Georgia Championship? Hell yeah. I want to see, I want to see like pay-per-views of Georgia Championship Wrestling versus NWA. That would be awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get some Tim Storm in there and everything. It's oh. gotta, it's gotta be like NWA in the way they present it too, where it's like real old school feeling, right? Well, I mean, you can tell just by the way they're talking. I mean, it's gonna be a low budget deal, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's not even one thing. It's like four to five different promotions that are. It's kind of really going back to the old territory days when NWA, you know, had multiple promotions under it. It's just gonna. It's neat. It's neat. It's interesting. I don't know what it'll happen or how big it'll get. It's definitely not going to get AEW WWE sized big, especially not anytime right. soon. But companies that are going with this motive, that's not what they're out to do anyway. They're out to no. dig their own niche in in the culture. They're out to make Which money is important. and provide entertainment. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. I love it. I love it. I'm excited, and I I'm going to go on uh, YouTube and search it out um, on Sunday probably. Well, don't hurt yourself, Fat Mac. Because it's time for the injury report. <laughs> oh, no. Bobby Fish did not appear with other members of the Undisputed Era on this week's NXT episode. And there had been some speculation as to why he wasn't there. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Fish does not have COVID-19 and was off the show because he's dealing with a minor knee injury. Fish, who has had a few knee issues in the past, reportedly suffered the knee injury while training kickboxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. There is no official word on when he will be back in action, but it looks like he won't miss much time. Which is good, because the wrong one's getting the push. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we don't need O'Reilly getting the push. (laughs) I like Bobby Fish. I like Bobby Fish a lot, actually. Mm. Probably my second favorite in the Undisputed Era. Oh, yeah. I I would agree. It's kind of a toss between him and Roddy. I was going to say, I think you and I basically are about the same thing. Adam Cole tops. Bobby Fish, Roddy, and they're kind of interchangeable. And then O'Reilly's at the bottom. Yeah. I'll tell you who else is at the bottom, Pasty. Because PW Insider, man, PW Insider's been all over everything this week. I know, just, right? This is, this is the PW be. Insider podcast you're listening to this week. Folks. It is, folks. <laughs> well, they reported. I mean, hey, at least we give them the credit. Some some places right. don't. They just start saying it and don't say nothing. PW Insider reports that Angel Garza is scheduled for evaluation after Garza was injured at Clash of Champions. We kind of touched on this earlier during his tag title match against the Street Profits. The match appeared to end early when Andrade got his shoulder up at two, but the ref counted three anyways. Dave the Melter Meltzer said, During the show, Angel Garza got hurt, and the first word I heard was a torn quad, which is not a good thing. No. According to Talk Sport and PW Insider, Garza injured his hip, though, 
and they are stating that the injury isn't quite as bad as first feared. A quad, he'd have been out almost the whole year. Yeah, and, and it would affect the way he wrestles going forward. For sure. So, but it was a really shitty end, ending. They, uh, I, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this, Pasty, because you won that match. I think they were supposed to win, but after he got hurt, the Street Profits pinned him. I mean, he got his he got his shoulder up like at two. It wasn't even like three and three quarters or nothing like that. It was like at two, he got his shoulder up, and the ref was just like, "Fuck it, I'm counting." <laughs> but, but in a tag match. I don't think the ref should take that route because there's still obviously another guy who can finish the match. You think? That's my opinion too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could see it in a one-on-one match. The the Is this the same ref that called <laughs> the women's match? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh fuck, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to find out, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Third strike, buddy, you're out. <laughs> And that moves us into the COVID-19, 411-619-583. The SmackDown Women's Championship match between Bayley and Nikki Cross did not take place at Clash of Champions when Cross was replaced by women's champion Asuka. The Women's Tag Team Championship match between them was also scrapped. According to Dave Meltzer, all three women didn't appear at the pay-per-view due to the ongoing COVID-19 situation in WWE. Big Daddy Dave said he knows for a fact that at least two of the three and possibly all three have not tested positive for the virus, but were in contact with someone who did. He said WWE kept all three off the show as a precautionary measure. Yep, and then we got, what, ten minutes of of women all together. Yeah, yep. Kind of sad. But what surprises me is last week I was inferring that possibly Sasha Banks and Bailey wouldn't be able to make it because of being around COVID stuff. Those two were on. (laughs) (laughs) Those two made it. Well, maybe Bailey, Banks, and and, and Asuka have it. And they're like, fuck it. You guys have it. You're not going to get each other sick. Right. (laughs) Oh. Well, Pasty, not only were the three women off the pay-per-view, but all five core members of Retribution are now not medically cleared to compete. Oh, no. Their masks didn't work for them? Apparently, this is why Retribution members T-Bar, Slapjack, Mace, Reckoning, Retaliation, and the so forth did not appear on Clash of Champions. Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet reported that all five core members of the group have tested negative for the coronavirus. However, just as the women before, each member has to quarantine themselves for two weeks because they came into proximity with someone who had tested positive for the COVID-19. There's no word on when Retribution began their two-week quarantine, but it looks like they could be out of action until mid-October. There's also no word yet on how WWE plans to explain their absence, or if possibly they plan to put other wrestlers behind the masks to represent the group while the core members are unable to work. <laughs> after after we already know who everybody is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, and, and tell, I'm, I'm telling you, it's stupid, but even when they showed the, the, the core five, I mean, there was still, like, 17 people in just random masks, you know, running around. So, right. I guess they could continue just attacking Make people, you know. Five. 
to carry the the thing. I don't know. Quick, we got to call up the undisputed era and Johnny Gargano. <laughs> yeah, Tomasa Champa. Yeah. Yeah. It's the next yeah, I mean, six. Luckily for me, I don't watch the weekly shows of WWE, so it really doesn't affect me. Well, they're not adding much to the shows anyway. Right. <laughs> and two unidentified Raw referees are also in quarantine as precautionary measure, and we're not at Monday's Raw. SmackDown referee Jessica Carr filled in for them on the show. Way to go, Jessica. Really good shoe. Well, that's a lot less COVID news than we had last week, but still a lot more than I figured we'd have. Yeah, and it's nice. Well, it's not at the performance center. This is this is pretty much all main roster news. Right. Funny. Somebody called COVID up to the main roster from NXT. Oh, <laughs> they're transmitting it through the Thunderdome. Get the screens out of there. Hey, I'll tell you what, Pasty, on the plus side, if Vince McMahon did call up COVID-19 from NXT to the main roster, he's just going to kill it. Right, yes. (laughs) This is it right here. (laughs) He's just going to kill it. (laughs) Well, Pasty. Just job it out. (laughs) But not not until after it's taken care of the business. Okay, we're not going to talk about it. Moving on, we've got some predictions. It's going to be a busy weekend. Taking care of business. Looks like that's, it that's COVID's theme song, <laughs> right? Oof. Looks like it could be a fun weekend. We got uh, first up uh, tomorrow, Saturday, October third, Impact Victory Road. Yeah. Okay, see, we're going to see a, a really fun, I, I, I can only imagine it's going to be a super fun four-way. We got Alex Shelley versus Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin versus Carl Anderson. Yes, this is this is a stacked four-way match. I love it. I'm going to go outside of what I normally pick, and just because Ace Austin does so well in multiple man matches, I think he's going to take this one. Carl Anderson's there. I would like to see him win it, but I don't think this one's for him. Right. Well, on the one side, there's nothing on the line, so it could kind of go any way, really. Um, Ace Austin, definitely going to be part of the highlight reel for sure. I'm saying Josh Alexander picks this one up. I'm, I'm going with, with old Josh. I think he takes it, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll see what happens from there. It's just, it's just going to be a fun match, and I'm, I'm a big fan of the North, and... Again, nothing's at stake, so I'm going Josh Alexander. Yes. And then next we have the highly anticipated X Division Championship match between Rohit Raju and To Be Determined. The fans can't wait for this one, Fat Mac. I'm telling you. I am uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to look up real quick and see if anything has been determined yet, but I can't imagine it has. If not, I'm going to take a play out of your book, Pasty, and I'm going to go with uh, To Be Determined. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a play TBD. out of my book and do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I've only seen Rohit Raju once, and he doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to keep your championship for very long. Oh, let's see. 
what Rohit's got going on. Still nothing for old Rohit, so, yeah, we're going to stick with the old TBD. And uh, speaking of TBD, we got the T, we got the D, and she sure is a B. Tanel Dashwood. Taking, <laughs> taking on, I had to fit the B in there. <laughs> taking on Jordan Grace. That was actually yeah. a pretty good segue. I liked that. I'm proud of myself. That was really nice. Smooth like butter. Well, I think uh, Tanil's going to get dashed as Grace is going to win this match. Um, You know, it's hard to go against Tanil Dashwood because she gets pushed almost anywhere she goes, but I'm just in love with Jordan Grace, and I'm picking Jordan Grace. And again, nothing's really on the line, so. Right. Ooh, then we have my main event, Fat Mac. Tommy Dreamer is going to be putting it all on the line against Brian Myers. All on the line. It's a fucking jobber wet dream. <laughs> it, it really is. It is. You got the former Kurt Hawkins, and you got the the, the current Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Nothing says jobber like the current Tommy Dreamer. Am I right? Uh, I'm telling you. Oh, I'm looking um, forward to this. This is this will at least be fun, right? This should be entertaining for sure. I think Tommy Dreamer is going to have fun. Kurt Hawkins always tries to have fun. So um, I'm going with Brian Myers. I think Tommy Dreamer should be putting over the uh, the, the new guy, even if he is a an incoming WWE guy. I say put him over, Dreamer. Put him over. I'm going Brian Boy, Myers. I- <laughs> I'm going with Dreamer. I, I can't not in this situation. This is amazing. This might be my one chance to get a point on Dreamer's name. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> because I can easily see Dreamer taking out Brian Myers. So. Yeah. Then, uh, then we got something that's going to be fun, I think, Pasty. An unsanctioned tag match. We got Rhino and Heath Slater versus Reno Scum. Who the fuck is Reno Scum? Oh, Reno Scum's been in Impact for quite some time, Loke. I've never heard of them once. It's uh, the dude with the big mohawk. Um, they got Adam. Adam, I forget his last name now. They're not the big. They're not the biggest deal in the world, but um, they've been they've been around for a while. They've been in Impact. They've been in Ring of Honor. Um, and you know so I, much I'm, about them, I have no. to go Rhino and Heath. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you see if you see the cat with the mohawk, you know you'd you'd recognize him. I think the mohawk <laughs> and the beard. I think you would. Maybe not. Who knows? Anyways, um, <laughs> right. I'm going Reno Scum. I'm going Reno. The way I look at it, if uh if Brian Myers wins. Keith's losing <laughs> and vice versa. So you and I are both going with that, with that thinking. There you go. I think. Then we've got the impact women's championship match. Seeing Deanna Purazzo put her title on the line against Susie. I Whoa. so want Susie to win, but she's not, uh, Susie's just not Sue young. It's 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 crazy. It's the same person, but it's just not. So is that what think, that is? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Susie's just like a. So is this like, like her normal like a, side? A cupie. Yeah. Yeah. She's not the undead uh, 
bride. She's just a she's a, a poppy kind of cupy kind of. She's a cupy. You know what a cupy is? It. A quarter pound. Okay, <laughs> not oh, a cupy. K e w p i. Um, I think Deanna's gonna gonna beat the shit out of her. I'm going with Deanna Perazzo, even though I love my girl Susie. Yeah, I'm going with Deanna Purazzo because, yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, she's, got a, she's got to reawaken Sue Young, right? So it's got to that would be come awesome. around full circle. Let her kill her. They need to have a casket yes. match, a buried alive match. Ambulance Susie, I mean... match. Shawn <laughs> Michaels can kick her off the top of an ambulance. <laughs> What's Shawn Michaels doing in the impact zone? He's just here to induct Ken Shamrock's younger brother into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Uh, he's inducting Ryan Shamrock, his sister. <laughs> Remember that stupid shit? No. Oh, they they hired a stripper to play his girlfriend for like one show, and then like they kept it. Then Vince Russo liked her so much they kept it going for like a year. So here's this stripper who can't fucking act, who they have going doing all this shit in the ring and stuff with Ken Shamrock. I'm pretty sure um, Val Venus banged her, but so that's actually, basically. Yeah. Val Venus did banger because one of his <laughs> movies was um, Shaving Ryan's Privates. That's what it oh, was. Geez. So it's basically uh, Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes. Yeah, except, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> next up, Impact World Championship match. The champion Eric Young versus Eddie Edwards, the wolf. EY all day, man. The old hairless wonder. Love him. The hairless and eyebrowless wonder. Um, you know, I just found out that Vince McMahon made King Kong Bundy shave his eyebrows. Really? Because they said it made him look more menacing. And so I went and I looked up pictures of him before and after. And I was like, you know what? He looks more menacing without his eyebrows. <laughs> just, the, just the little things that classic Vince McMahon could fucking figure out. Like, how did he figure that out? <laughs> but it's true. He looks more menacing with no eyebrows. He I don't know up, why. Did a, did a bump and shaved his eyebrows one day, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to give this to King Kong Bundy. <laughs> right? This would look great on a fat guy. Um, I'm going with Eddie Edwards. I, I've never – Eric Young is a TNA and Impact original, but I've just – to me, he's never been championship material – they gave it to him before when they're riding off DB, and I feel like they just gave it to him recently as a nostalgic trip. Eddie Edwards is a champion. Back when he was in Ring of Honor, to me, he was champion. He was a champion even before he won the title in Impact. He's been like to me, Eddie Edwards is a, a guy that's going to be the face of your company and deserves to be a face of your company. And with him being this this heel persona he's got, where he's just so vicious, I love it even more. I'm picking Eddie. I like my boy Eddie. Oh, but Eric Young has been on a fucking mean streak since he came back himself. He has. Uh, but I just, I don't buy it. That's just me. I just don't. I do. And I'm going to win this one, too. So the question is, we got a tiebreaker here, Pasty. I don't know what we want to, I don't know what we want to do here for the tiebreaker, buddy. Um... Is the TBD Matt Cardona? 
<laughs> you know, that's actually a pretty decent one, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, well, go ahead and pick it, buddy. You get first picks. Yeah, I'll say yeah. I like that. I mean, hell, you got you got Heath in there, and you got Brian Myers in there. What's what's throwing in Matt Cardona, right? <laughs> yep, that fits together. They can start. AEW the new only squad. wants AEW only wants the the WWE guys who win matches. Sorry, right? <laughs> I'd like to see them be the new job squad in Impact. <laughs> that would be good. I'm really looking forward to seeing Heath. Uh, do his thing at Impact because I haven't seen him actually do a match yet since since he's been with or attempting to get signed. Is this still? Yeah, it's unsanctioned. He's still trying to. Get yeah, signed. he's still trying to get signed. Oh you know well, if I would have known that before, I probably would have picked Rita Scum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can still change it. I'm not going to. I'm not All right, gonna, I'm a man of my word and a man of my convictions. I will say though, I love him. Him and Rhino have such good chemistry that yes, going to be fun. Yes. Oh, then we uh, we're moving on, Pacey, to NXT Takeover Thirty One. Already, they they pushed the the first takeover. Now they're pushing this one pretty quickly, isn't it? Yeah, that's why Kyle O'Reilly's in your main event. <laughs> oh my God! Well, Wake Pacey, me we're, up when Takeover ends. <laughs> We're starting this one out, which with uh, hopefully is the opening bout, either this or the cruiserweight bout, because I think this one's going to be a hell of a schlobber knocker. Uh, Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. Two super talents. One's just a little creepier than the other. Yeah, I don't want to go with them, but I got to go with Dream because Kushida, much like uh, who was the one? He's in. He's in Bullet Club now. Oh, Kenta. Yeah, Kenta. I think I think Kushida came in. He got injured, came back, was out again. It's gonna be the same kind of push that he got, and they're not gonna stop pushing Dream as much as nobody wants them to anymore. I actually, that's all solid, and I don't have a good reason for picking Kushida, but I'm going with the time splitter. Kushida. I want to see, yeah, I want to see Kushida get a win. I really do. <laughs> I just think you should not put him up against Dream because we all know how Triple H is with him for some reason. Right. It should be a good match. It should be a good match. Yes. So then we have the. <laughs> yes. Then we have the Cruiserweight Championship match, seeing Santos Escobar defending his title against Isaiah Scott. Swerve. Swerve, Who's bro. Who's Santos Escobar now? He's uh, the champion. Like Pablo Escobar? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Told you he wasn't dead fat, <laughs> He just went where nobody would ever see him ever. 205 Live. No, he is um, the son of Phantasma, or El Hijo del Fantasma, if you will. Oh, okay. That's why um, he's part of the the faction. Cool. Faction Jackson, baby. Seeing as I know nothing of how he came to be the Cruiserweight Champion... I know who I'm picking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm picking uh, Isaiah Scott because I 
think Isaiah Scott is going to win. Yes. <laughs> yes, Scott. Scott for sure. <laughs> this but this one also should be very entertaining. I hope I hope this isn't a uh, six minute match. I hope they give them like an eleven minute match or something. That would be great. Honestly, the it's whole NXT card sans the main event looks like it could be amazing, and I'm hoping I, the main event right? blows my brains out of proportion too. I agree with you. Everything on here looks solid, and with the with the main event looking meh, but hey, yeah, that's still perhaps, a solid. Card. Perhaps no match on the card looking quite as solid as the North American Championship match. Seeing Damian Priest putting his gold on the line against Johnny Gargano. And man, I think this was the hardest one for me to pick of both pay-per-views. Yeah, it's a... It is a tough one. It's a really tough one. But I feel like uh, Damian Priest ain't losing yet. But I think that we're going to have... This could end up being the best match of the night. This could be a barn burner. There is also the uh, the whole thing that the, the WWE draft starts tonight on SmackDown and ends on Raw. Didn't they just have a draft? It was like a year ago. I think it was just after WrestleMania. No. That's when... Yeah, that's when they always have their draft. I thought they had one just after no, WrestleMania. they haven't done a draft since uh, since SmackDown started on Fox. Oh, well, it feels there's like a draft. I mean, they don't, and I think, they don't follow the draft anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> well, I also had heard rumors that NXT was kind of being locked out of the draft or, or not, you know, having a say in what goes on. So either Vince is not doing anything with the people in NXT or he's going to be taking all of Triple all H's of good talent. Um but yeah, that that thought process alone leads me to say Damian Priest is probably keeping his gold, and that also weighs in on the next match too because they're going to go up as a package couple. Uh, but yeah, Damian Priest. Yeah, there you go. Then we have uh, the NXT Women's Championship match. Again, this one might be the best match of the night, and I'm hoping. I'm really hoping they, that they let Candice LeRae go all out and, and, and show her shit because I don't think she's had a really great showing in NXT yet. And she's one of the and most Lord knows she's not going to get it once she gets to the main roster. No, not at all. But Candice LeRae is going to try to wrestle the NXT Women's Championship title from Io Shirai on Sunday. And Pasty, I have a feeling Io Shirai is not letting go of it. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um far as I know, Gargano and LeRae are still heels, too, which helps to make them lose more. Right. <coughs> um, and as you mentioned, if, if this uh, if this draft is, is coming up, well, this draft is coming up, not if it is, but if NXT is involved in it, I can easily see Gargano and Candice, Ray, Candice LeRae coming up together. Yes. And I feel and hope- so bad for them once they get there. Yeah, both of them. Oh my gosh, Johnny Gargano. He's such an amazing talent, but he's such a small guy that Vince is just never going to want to do anything with him. And Candice LeRae just doesn't wrestle the kind of wrestling Vince likes, I don't think so. Gargano, you're going to be a chimney sweep. (laughs) Oh, can you speak with a Cockney accent? (laughs) No, do it anyway. (laughs) <laughs> uh, 
really good shit. Uh, yeah, Shirai. Shirai to win that one for sure. Why not? Which brings us to... God, I'm hoping I'm hoping we're just shitting on this, and it's going to be the best thing we've seen in a very long time. I just don't think it will. Because we are I gotta say, I gotta say, Balor coming back to NXT has done far less for me than Balor on NXT in the first place and Balor on the main roster. I guess it's done less for me than Balor in the first place on NXT, but more than Balor on the main roster for me. It's just, it's, it's weird. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like he belongs there. I don't he feel like he needs to hold that championship. All. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a knock against him. Yeah. Yeah, no, his, his talent is better utilized elsewhere. <clears throat> so yeah, the NXT championship, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, I don't think anybody sees Kyle to win this one. No, I don't think so. Either. The only way I can see it is if maybe, you know, with them. Yeah, I don't think so. Not with them splitting up the Undisputed Era, possibly, and everything. That Not hasn't team. really even started yet, though, right? I don't know. I've just heard rumors of it. I, I haven't watched week to week, so I couldn't tell yeah. you. Yeah, it's, we're, we're in a weird place right now. I mean, it could. It could, but from what I hear in the rumors is O'Reilly and Cole are both supposed to be pushed as baby faces. Baby faces. So you would assume they'd be wronged by Gargano and, and Fish. But if O'Reilly wins the title, I could see dissent between him and Cole starting there. You mean Roderick, not Gargano, right? Yeah, that's what I meant. They're that's the same person. <laughs> of course, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it, I would be more than happy if Undisputed Era just stayed together their entire run in the E. Uh-huh. I really I wouldn't even shit on it. Just like the New Day, there's no reason to split them up. Just don't do it. Pasty, we got a tiebreaker. We know that uh, Austin Theory recently attacked Kyle O'Reilly and was talking shit to Adam Cole. Do we think Austin Theory interferes in the NXT title match, or were they just fucking? Putting Austin Theory on TV. I am so surprised that this didn't turn into a triple threat after all of that. Right? The promo he cut. Like, that's that's exactly what I had anticipated. I figured it was going to make the match actually be good, you know? I think maybe it could still happen. Uh, I'm going to let you... I called the last one. You call this one. Um, I'm going to say... Man, we've done this the last couple of pay-per-views with uh, Retribution. Just remember that. I know, right? With Finn (laughs) Balor keeping the tie. It's an NXT NXT takeover, so I'm going to say that there isn't shenanigans in the end, and I'm going to say no. I see NXT. They they don't end a lot with with disqualifications or that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to say no. Well, we're not going to have a tiebreaker anyway, seeing as this whole pay-per-view only rides on the first match. Everything else were the same. Well, what if... Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Unless, uh, are we really? Yeah. I didn't even realize that. (laughs) Yeah, Scott Priest, Shirai, Balor. Watch uh, watch the the main event ends up going to a a double count-out or a no no contest or something. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wouldn't that just beat all? 
Uh, either way, I think this is going to be a much better weekend than we've had for a while, even though last weekend really surprised me with that uh, Clash of Champions. Yeah, the, the Roman stuff was really good. The ladder match was really good. I think They're Impact right, has got it in the bag here, though. I feel like they got a really good show on their hands, and it's not... I don't... I don't know, man. After NXT fucked up, I just... <laughs> losing faith in them. Well, the more... I'm an AEW guy if I got to say it anyway. You know, if I got to pick a side, I'm going to say I'm on that side. So it's, but I don't know. I'm hoping this does really good. I'm I'm hoping it's worth my time to watch it because if it's not, I don't know that I will watch the next one. The more, the more main roster seeps, and I don't mean the main roster, but the more like main WWE seeps into NXT, the, the more it just isn't as good. It's it's like when when you have like a, a really good food and then they keep like any kind of food. I don't care what you have, but then they like slowly start taking certain things away and adding different things to make it last longer and look brighter. It's like you don't know what it is, but for some reason it doesn't quite taste as good as it used to. Uh huh. That's kind of what I see. It's really bad because I'm almost to the point with NXT that I want them to call everybody up and start building new people so I can be excited again. <laughs> right? To start with a brand fresh. Even name. though they're going to ruin everybody they call up. It's it's a horrible trade-off, and I think less people need to try to be signed by WWE. Well, that's, that's working lately because <laughs> they're axing <laughs> people and not hiring people, so... <laughs> yeah. That's all I got, Pasty. Yeah, that's it for the show. I can make that noise, too. I think we have the same water bottle. Is yours a Bubba? It is a Bubba. One of the biggins? Yep, one of the biggins. Mine's mine's sky blue. Mine's black. Nice. I like a big black one. (laughs) I know you do. (laughs) And with that... I guess this has been B-Sticks Podcast. Fun times. We'll catch y'all next week. (laughs) The B-Sticks ring bell. Right. Hey, that's awesome.